Welcome to the Crypto Podcast. You can find all our episodes on CryptoPodcast.org. We're also on Bitchute and YouTube. You'll find the links in the podcast description. I'm also a podcasting coach and I've got four other podcasts, the meditation, the speaking, learn Polish and the awakening, exposing fraud and with solutions instead of just doom and gloom. And you'll find everything on bio.link forward slash podcast. Today, my guest, it's actually looking forward to this, named the top 20 influencer of CMOs by Forbes magazine, top 25 social media keynote speaker by Inc., and top 50 top most social CEO by the Huffington Post. He's the founder of Smart Blocks Agency. Please welcome Mark Fidelman. Thanks, Roy, for having me. Uh, look forward to our discussion today. Yeah, so, I mean, there's prestigious things that have been mentioned, but you might just let the listeners know a little bit more about Mark. Well, uh, how far, how much time do we have now? Uh, I'm going to simplify it. I'm going to say my uh, career started in sales, uh, then moved to, and I, and I got to the pinnacle of sales. I was a public officer of a publicly traded company, uh, then moved over to marketing um, for the last 15 years. And um, as part of my last four years of those 15, I've been focused on uh, crypto and now specifically security tokens and the tokenization of real world assets, as they call it. And what's your own kind of crypto journey? How did you kind of start dabbling in it? Well, I hated it. I, I thought it was bogus. And uh, it wasn't until Ethereum came around and said, oh, wait, you can program money at the time i was thinking it's money it's obviously more than that but you can program it and have it do all these crazy things and you know it's only up to your imagination so i said oh i get it now this is the future because today we're just dealing with dumb what they call fiat but it's just really dumb money it's just used as a medium of exchange but if you can now combine uh, automated services and, and automatic things kick off if you hold some of it in your wallet you know, it's a, it's a whole new ball game. So that's, uh, that's when I became a convert. And ever since then, I've been working with crypto companies to try and make them uh, successful. Uh, quite a few have become successful. And um, that's where we're at today. Right. So with the tokens, because right, there's a utility token and a security token. So you might just explain that to the listeners first off. What's the difference? Yes. Um, this is, everyone always has an issue with this. Okay, so... Think of utility tokens like airline miles. You accumulate air mi airline miles and you can trade those airline miles with somebody, but there's not an expectation of future profit with it. It's called the Howey test here in the United States. I'm not sure what it is in Poland and other parts of uh, the world, but here it's the Howey test. Uh, a security token is backed by something real, like a, a real asset, like uh, a debt instrument, like equity in a company. So think of it more as a stock, but this is stock is really smart. It can do, again, it's programmable. So you could program it to do anything that you want. For example, let's say I own stock, I'm sorry, I owned a security company in the Lakers. It's a local basketball team here. Well, if I, let's say I own enough security tokens that the company or the organization says, hey, you own... 500 security tokens of our company, you get three games for free. You pick whichever games you want. Just have to have that those security tokens in your wallet. 
okay, that's you know that's one thing that he could do. There's 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 way more things that the owners of the Lakers can do if they were securitized or tokenized by by security tokens. Okay, excellent. So with your own, you've got a very uh, successful uh, YouTube uh, channel. It's a uh, cryptonized, I believe it's called. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. So how long is it going and what kind of things have shocked you over the, the years that you're doing it? Well, I mean, it, it shocked me how many, let's say, uh, bad projects in crypto uh, that are out there and how people are buying into it with the promise of easy and fast money. The most recent example, of course, are the, are the meme coins, you know, like Peppy coin. These things, these things are true scams. I mean, from the bottom up, uh, they really are. Even Dogecoin, which has been doing, you know, the longest meme coin I've seen. There's nothing behind these things, folks. So if there's nothing behind them, then all you need are uh, all you need are other suckers to come in and and keep supporting uh, the the pool of money there. But if you don't find suckers, then it's going to go down, and eventually you run out of suckers. Uh, and so yeah, you see these spikes because people think, oh, I'm going to get in and get out, but they never do. Uh, it's only the the very very smart ones, the people that programmed it in the first place, to get out. So, uh, because of that, and because of what I witnessed in the space, I'm like, uh, I'm going to move. Well, also because of what the SEC is doing here, it's our regulatory body, our financial regulatory body that's you know really coming down on crypto companies. I saw the writing on the wall, and then moved to security tokens because it's at least it can be valued. You know, it's backed by real estate. It's backed by something of value that that can be valued. And to me, that's much more tangible, much more real. And um, that's why I made the shift in, in the past couple of years. But the craziest stuff has been the the DeFi, if you're familiar with that term, the DeFi companies that have come out and said, hey, we're going to promise you 10,000% interest rate uh, every year. It's not possible, folks. And like with the rug pulls, is for those that are trying to, I mean, I don't know how many, at one stage there was 8,000 different coins out there. It's it, it's just constantly way chug. Way more. There's yeah. way more now, yeah. Yeah. So for those that are kind of in, interested in investing, like what kind of checks? I mean, personally, I think it's when you can actually see the people as well, you know, that because a lot of times they're actually hidden and you don't see them because a yeah. guy that's fully transparent doesn't tend to do a Houdini and disappear. Yeah, uh, some do, but, um, you know, there's been a few that have been on the run. Yes. Uh, the reason why they're not transparent, by the way, is tip is it, it's either a rug pull or they're trying to avoid any regulatory bodies, some overzealous regulatory bodies that come in and arrest them. Uh, because depending on the country, it's, it's a different rule. Uh, also, if it's decentralized, meaning nobody controls it. Yes, uh, somebody sent it up, set it up, and then just said, okay, the program, the algorithm is going to run up from, from here on out. I don't think you'd want to be outed. Uh, so I, I, I don't, it doesn't scare me off. Uh, if they're not transparent, but there better be a, a very good reason. Uh, I would go into all of this with a healthy, skeptical eye uh, towards anything that you're investing in. Um, you know, the top 10 tokens are fine. I like Ripple. I like Ethereum and Bitcoin, PaxG. Those are, those are all fine. Uh, by the way, PaxG is backed by gold. Uh, it's more of a stable coin, but um, yeah, you, you, you have to be careful uh, and you really have to do your research. 
And what's your recommendation on wallets then? Mm -hmm. I don't have one. Uh, Trezor, if you want to do total off storage uh, or, or cold storage, because, um, you know, once it's in one of those Trezor USBs and you've got the backup keys uh, somewhere even more hidden, then um, it's probably one of the most secure things that you could do. And, and that's what I love about it. And by the way, with security tokens, as opposed to utility, um, they're whitelisted addresses, meaning the only person that could trade those are you. There's no, even if somebody got into your wallet and took the security tokens out, they couldn't use them. Uh, or they could try and use them if they had all your passwords, but you could have them canceled. So it, it's, it's very, very safe, even safer than a bank uh, vault you ask me, because if it's whitelisted and the only ones that can trade them are registered to you, then uh, as long as you, you don't have a hacker that's extremely talented, um, you it's probably one of the safest forms of investment there is. And I've discussed it a few times on previous episodes, but it doesn't seem to be one that's there's this kind of concrete answer. If somebody is putting it into their will, like because a lot of times people they're not sharing their their password and yeah, stuff right. like that. Yeah. Have you come across some sort of system? Because you can't. I mean, most of the solicitors, I'd say, there's probably five percent that I would actually trust. So even you know our accountants, because all all the big boys they they've been up for fraud and everything. Like, is there a system that you can actually have your assets passed on to your loved ones? Uh yeah. In the United States, it's a trust. And you have an executor of a trust, and um, I, I don't, I wouldn't trust lawyers either. You call them solicitors, we call them attorneys and lawyers. I, I wouldn't trust most of them unless they're a family member. Even then, you know, families fight over money. So I would have it algorithmically set up uh, to be my will. So, but that, that's how I would do it. And and so there's no fighting. It just automatically goes to the the heirs' wallets. Uh, and, and that's it. There's no discussion. There's no probate. It's just automated. But it, you got to do that. How could it be system. done in a way that nobody kind of has access? Like, is there a kind of thing that you can have? I mean, I suppose thinking aloud, have a system that it goes on a certain date. And if you're still alive, you just modify the date, something like that. Is that possible? No, I don't think you modify the date. I think there has to be some executable event, like a death. So, um, I think they're set up like multi-sig, if you're familiar with that, meaning two or three people have to sign off on it before anything leaves the wallet. Uh, and so if you set it up to say, here's my will for my crypto, as long as these three people sign off on it, it'll it'll be automatically oh, so distributed to the wallet. Okay, okay. Yeah, but then you got to trust the three people. But, you know, you could find three people to trust when they're working together as opposed to hoping one individual does it. So the company then, SmartBlocks, you might just tell exactly what you're doing. Yeah, so SmartBlocks is laser focused on helping primarily security token uh, or tokenized assets go public uh, or if they've got an existing project to help market it. The, um, the other thing that we do is DeFi but we only take on projects that uh, are, are more real. Like, okay, say you have a DeFi project that 
take security tokens and lends them money. If you're a holder of security token, you could then borrow from those security tokens and use that money to, to do whatever you want. That would be an example of a DeFi project that, that we would take on. We really want to be able to value these things. Uh, we would not take on a meme coin. We wouldn't take on anything that doesn't have that value. And like with the real estate in, because that's something that you work on, you, you might explain exactly how that works because... I mean, especially with all the kind of legal paperwork and everything that's kind of needed. Is there a way of avoiding that or must you still go through the whole process? How's, how does a real estate development work in this field? Yeah, are you, uh, you want me to take the approach of the, of the investor or the real estate developer? I suppose if you can take both because there's both, because, you know, if you know, protect, protection on both sides as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with a real estate developer. If you're a real estate developer and you want to tokenize your real estate, uh, the, think of it as stock. Um, and sometimes that stock pays dividends because you could have automated distrib distributions. Sometimes uh, if you own a hotel, you might want to give away, you know, a couple of nights for somebody that owns a certain amount of security tokens as an extra incentive for them to invest. Uh, but what you do is you go through in the United States anyway, a very, it's called a, a Reg D or Reg A. Uh, you could also do a Reg S, so you could become international. But these are exemptions to the securities laws here that say, hey, if you follow this path and you make these registrations, then you don't have to be fully compliant public company. Um, and it's usually the way you've raised the money. I think that's the important thing. Uh, determines what regulation that you should use. And, and so these are exemptions. It's an easier way of going public. It's still difficult. Uh, it's not simple, but totally doable. Uh, I think if you've got a valuable asset over $5 million and you want to turn it into, let's say, a, a share of, so if it's a, a building, a $5 million building here, you would tokenize that. The, the tokens would represent the interest in the building, and then they would be publicly traded in a secondary market. So you could take cash out that way. In the United States here, we have a big credit crunch with commercial real estate because especially office, more and more people are working from home. So huge vacancy rates across the country. And now they're faced with a ton of defaults. The banks are like, we're not lending into this situation. There's no way. So one of the things that uh, developers should be looking at is, is tokenizing those properties to, to, to keep them afloat. Because there's I think there's uh, $3 trillion in, in uh, commercial real estate loans here in the U.S. alone that's coming due in the next couple of years. So that's a lot. Okay. And like if somebody was doing, say, a development of 100 units, yeah. is it possible that they're actually doing the sales through that that can be kind of resold? as well oh, yeah. i mean if you're uh, are you talking about fundraising even fundraising or the development like the actual ownership of the property is it is it possible to do through the blockchain technology with smart contracts or must it still go to all the you know solicitors and well i mean yeah we're not there yet i think in the future you'll have title insurance that's on the blockchain so that there's no uh, no issues about who owns what, but yeah, there's still a traditional purchasing it. There's still a traditional way of doing it. But remember, just like a REIT, a REIT that goes public is a, has a portfolio of real estate in it. They're giving away shares and those shares 
means something. It's, it means it's an ownership in that portfolio of real estate. The same thing with, with security tokens happens as well, uh, except for it's on the blockchain instead of a, a piece of paper you can't do anything with. And once it's on the blockchain, it's tradable. So now as an investor, I could, let's just say the building in uh, uh, Poland, because we could be international, uh, is not doing well. You know, a bunch of uh, people have bailed out of the building and it looks like they're working from home. I don't know the culture in Poland as well as you do. Uh, then you can then sell those security tokens tied to that building and you can invest in something else. You can't do that without security tokens. That's It's the only way to do it. Uh, unless here in the United States, you're part of a REIT, but that REIT has got a portfolio project. So it's it's not truly invested in any one project. Excellent. And with the NFTs then and art, like that's something that you're promoting as well. So is it that your your system is a platform that they can actually put on to buy? No, no, we we are just merely the uh, consultants and the market execution team. So we'll walk you through the process. We know all the best players, how to do it efficiently and effectively. Um, the, The people that won't rip you off. You know, we, we lead companies or individuals through this process as well as provide marketing services along the way so that once their project is out there, you know, people know that they can trade in and out of it. So, I mean, I, I've kind of, with, with, with the kind of NFT platforms like OpenSea and a few of the others, yeah. I mean, they're, they're full of bots. I'm not sure if they're actually working on that to stop it, but it, is that something that you're seeing with all of the platforms or is there some of them that they have the technology to actually keep the bots away? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because it's digital, you do have to worry about that. But there's technology to stop bots unless they're extremely sophisticated. But uh, yeah, NFTs are here to stay. And everything I said about security tokens can be done with an NFT, by the way. It could be programmed. It could represent ownership in a building or equity in a company, or, or debt instruments, if, if you want to tokenize debt. Uh, and, and so NFTs are here to stay. But I, I think, again, like crypto, it's going to go more to asset-backed NFTs or services from NFTs, unless it's a true utility, like, uh, okay, I'm issuing this NFT, Roy, because this is your ticket into this concert, you know, something as simple as that. Uh, but I suspect... In the future, NFTs will be backed by much more than that. And, and therefore, they're probably going to be securities, most of them, and they'll have to be registered just like uh, you know all the rest of them. And are they advancing? Because, for example, at one stage, there was um, a very good utility with art that I was bidding on. And uh, there was a lot of corruption went on. But I then saw people selling it. But you didn't know had they taken the utility. There was no way of showing it. It still listed it, but basically it was like a, a ticket to an event and you know an online course and stuff like that. So if it was actually used, it was gone. And there was no way of actually showing. Is that something that some of the platforms kind of realize and they can show an update? Because it, it's kind of check. You know, people have to be careful. They think they're buying yeah. this and they don't. And then who do you find? You're just bought, bought it off somebody you, you don't even know. Well, if that's happening, uh, then OpenSea should should have some sort of safety rails in place there. I mean, you should be able to see because on the blockchain, whether the utility has been used or not, 
and uh, it's a very good point. Um, yeah, again, why... didn't, want, didn't want to, yeah, it's not our problem was kind of the, the way that they dealt with it. Well, buyer beware. I, I would only buy asset-backed NFTs anyway. Uh, and therefore, you could, it, it's verifiable because that's what it is. It's an asset that represents, it's an NFT that represents an asset. And so there's no utility beyond that representation that could be taken away. Um, even if it were like a concert, if you have a, an NFT backed by a security asset, you, you'll be able to see on the blockchain whether that utility has been done or used. And, and so it's much more transparent if, if it's done that way. And like I see that there's a few companies now doing uh, famous art and, you know, sort of breaking it into, you know, one of a thousand or a million or whatever it is. Is this possible, like in a company situation, that when you get the 51%, that you can actually then decide, hey, we're no longer putting it in the museum, making little pennies on the dollar, and we take control of it. Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if, if it's tokenized equity, uh, it's set up just like stock would be set up if somebody owns 51%. Uh, even here in the United States, if you own 20, you have a say in what's going on. Uh, you wouldn't be able to take control of the company, but you know there's there's some legal protection for people that own, I think it's 20% or more. Don't, yeah, don't I, think, I think you're right. Just, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Just, just think of it as, as stock at that point, and the same rules apply. Okay. And with the mining then, because that's kind of changed over the years, is it something you delved in yourself or what you've learned with the different guests that you've had on? Mining? Like mining. Uh, whether... Yeah, mining, yeah. Well, the only people I see making money off of it are super advanced. It's like, nah, there's these people, I would not want to compete with a farm of warehouses that are just doing it. And I'm talking about Bitcoin day in and day out. But, you know, if you're one of the, the, the staking uh, validators that are out there, then uh, I'm sorry, not the staking. Uh, it's early here. If you're one of the, the the people like with with Ethereum that are you know validating the transactions, uh, that could be pretty lucrative. But there's a huge expectation and infrastructure that you need to have with with that as well. So I'm not a huge fan of mining anymore, just because of the competitors that are out there. But I don't want to discourage anyone because you do need miners. There, there's no doubt about it. You don't want this in the hands of like three companies that can uh, make changes, edits to the blockchain just because they have the right to um, override everyone else and, and change transactions. So um, it's if, if you know what you're doing and you know you can make money from it and you're not just starting out blindly, then uh, over time, it can be pretty lucrative as long as the, the token's going up in value, of course. Excellent. And like what I mentioned at the start, you know, name top 20 influencer and all this, was that coming from your kind of business form or did the, the actual, your YouTube channel help with, with, with that or combination of everything? It was a combination of, of everything. So back in the day, I think it was 2020, 2017, these are the dates that those things happened. I was, my team and I were just trying to own certain segments in social. So no matter where, if you were part of our, you know, digital marketing group, we would uh, just flood it with valuable content. And because of that, there's people 
Forbes, Huffington Post that kind of look at all this stuff and say, wow, he's making more of an impact than, or you know, he's part of the top 20 in the world making the most impact. Uh, and that was deliberate because when we want to own a conversation like security tokens, we go in full force and, and we go in thinking we're going to educate people. And that education, of course, is kind of our marketing. And if you were to say, Roy, hey, I have a building that I want to tokenize, well, we're going to be top of mind. So to, to me, it was more of an exercise in, okay, this is one way to bring in more business and, and it's very effective. Brilliant, brilliant. So I know you're like serial entrepreneur, you're involved in a few other companies, so fantastic media. So that's kind of based into what we've just discussed, really, like with the fantastic media, is it that you're helping yeah, it, people similar? It's Fanatics Media, but uh, oh, sorry, no problem. But that company is more focused on e-commerce. So it's like uh, we've helped so many e-commerce companies get better in Amazon, uh, in their own you know, Shopify site, uh, anything you have to do with online transactions, whether it's crypto or not. And most of the time it's not. So uh, a different field, but a lot of the same principles still apply. Okay. And Tetragard, I hope I got that one right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just an advisor on that. That is truly a decentralized token. Uh, it's one I highly recommend. Um, it's a combination of Bitcoin, PaxG, and Ethereum. And built into it, and this is cool, is, is called Quad. And Quad is like getting an interest rate uh, just for holding TetraGuard in your wallet. And that interest rate is generated from trading activity. So if you uh, think of TetraGuard like a, a crypto ETF, typical ETFs, the fund managers keep and, and hold on to the, to the transactions uh, the fees, the uh, part of the interest, whereas with TetraGuard, they just give it back to everybody that's a holder of it. Uh, and so that's why I, I love it. It's a truly decentralized ETF that's sharing profits with the people that own it, uh, which is the way it should be. Yeah, excellent. And just kind of like building a community then, because, you know, it looks like Twitter's people have kind of jumped onto Twitter, but then there's Discord. I personally don't like Discord. I just got spammed and I just, I just don't like it whatsoever. What's, right. I mean, what different things are out there and what do you recommend people to be kind of looking at? My favorite, I'm going to sound old and stodgy here, is still Facebook groups, but uh, but the crypto people are on Telegram. And they're on Discord. I'm not a huge fan of Discord either. I find it too geeky and techy uh, that where they could just simplify things to make it, you know, so much easier. Um, but if you want to find crypto people, you want to be on Telegram or Discord or even Reddit. Uh, and I wish you could migrate them over to Facebook, but I think people are a little afraid of what Facebook does and, and their censoring and and. Uh, yeah, their political agenda that they seem to have lately. So unfortunately, we're stuck with Telegram and Discord and, and possibly Reddit for for the short term. And because, I mean, I'm doing uh, podcasting for five years and the Facebook groups was always brilliant and you'd get great interaction. And, you know, sometimes you'd have a couple of hundred on, on just the yeah. post or whatever. And that was like one, two, sometimes nothing that people aren't seeing. It. And all you see is advertisement after advertisement. And I'm not sure <laughs> no. if you were sharing it to a lot of groups. But, right. you know, if, say the Polish podcast, I'd, I'd be in different groups for 
that are relevant to that. And before you could just hit a box for all of them. It just goes out. And now you have to do yeah. it individually. So it's really time consuming. They've made it worse when a, a social media platform should be improving constantly instead yeah. of making your life more difficult. And I don't, I don't like the fact that you can't get extract their information and, and send them emails. Um, that that's the type of community, you know, that, that I like to have, which is why I like Substack. It's not really a community, but Substack, you own the names, you know, it's, it handles all that distribution for you. It's whitelisted. So that gets into the, the email box. So I, I have a combination of a few things that, that we do. Um, and I, there is no perfect community yet. I, I guess there is, uh, it's called school, S-K-O-O-L.com, I think. And they allow you to put up communities, but it's just not very well known. Not a lot of people are on it. So it's hard to get people onboarded, especially crypto people that have never used it before. It's it's just, it's a big barrier where most of them are on, excuse me, Discord and Telegram. Uh, so I like, unfortunately, uh, there are better platforms out there, but the, my people, my community are not on it. Yeah, now with the Substack, especially for the awakening, you know, with people exposing stuff, they they all yeah. seem to be on Substack, and you get your kind of own email list as well, and they yeah. can even have options for getting donations and things like that. So I think it's helping the, the creators. Yeah, and they're not so far; they're not really censoring. So um, you know, when you get into controversial topics, and I'm I'm not a person that's a conspiracy theory at all. But, uh, you know, when you start censoring things about COVID and about other things that now are coming out to be true, uh, well, who made you the arbiter of the truth back when you, you didn't know or you were just believing what, what governments were telling you? So I'm a big believer in, in non-censorship platforms unless, you know, you can show that obviously this person's trying to do harm, whether it's a financial scam or you know, complete um, propaganda lies. And, and I don't mean the little ones. I mean the big ones. Uh, other than that, I don't think we should be shutting down anything. Uh, you, you should be free to, to be pushing out what you want. But these are private companies, and, and you know, they're going to continue, continue to do what they want. But we as consumers can say, yeah, well, we're not going to do business with, with the company that does this. And, and I hope more and more people stand up for that. No, definitely. I mean, I've got serious censorships, you know, when I was yeah. exposing stuff. And I mean, every single thing that I said was true. But despite that, got kicked off YouTube with the Awakening podcast. Linked, Linktree got kicked off that. Even LinkedIn, mm -hmm. they took me off for a week. I had to kind of grovel because I've got a lot of contacts on that. And even TikTok, like I put up a Polish podcast the other day. And I was doing it for ages because it seems to be a good way of getting number. And then they gave me a violation. And when you write to them, they just they don't even tell you. Like it's like, what? Well, how could that be bad? So because I think it's a computer algorithm that's going and looking, and uh, they get it wrong a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's it's there's too many people out there that are too sensitive to their own stuff. And so if you continue down this road where if the litmus test is it offends me, well, then everything can be offensive to something, somebody. Where does that end? It doesn't end well, which is why we have a First Amendment here. I know it doesn't apply to companies, but, but people like Elon Musk, who bought Twitter and just said, hey, we've opened it back up. We're not going to censor you unless it's like really bad. Um, 
you're threatening violence on somebody and you're not joking around, uh, then then you could you could say what you want and, and thank God for him. And I, I think a lot more of the platforms need to do that or we should just stop using them. And once you stop using them, they stop making money and they go away or they change their policies. Exactly. And just finally, is there is there anything else in your own company that you'd like to discuss on what you're doing? Well, I mean, we're at the forefront of what's happening with tokenization. Uh, if you look at City, if you look at some of the Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, they're all predicting tokenization of, of assets will be, uh, I believe it's 30 trillion in 2030. So that gives us seven years uh, ramp up to 30 trillion. So if you knew you could be part of a $30 trillion industry uh, and, and you had seven years to do it, I mean, that's to me, that's pretty attractive. So to you that are out there, whether you're an investor, you have high net worth uh, in, in your assets, you should take a look at uh, tokenizing those things so that you can have you know, tangible uh, instruments, finan digital financial instruments tied to that asset um, and, and that you could sell those on a secondary market. And if that works for you, uh, that, that to me is a very viable option. And I think that it'll be the way that things are purchased normally uh, or set up normally, I think, you know, within the next 10 years. Because why would you do it any other way? You have a digital representation of your ownership on a blockchain that's immutable, meaning it can't be changed or hacked or, or anything. Uh, whereas now, you know, you're trusting a company to keep track of, of a cap table. You're, you're trusting a real estate developer to, uh, to do a lot of stuff that you can't see. On the blockchain, it's all seen. Charlie enjoyed the conversation. Mark, you might let people know how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the best way uh, is on LinkedIn, and it's uh, linkedin.com forward slash Fidelman, my last name. Uh, I'm at the max for users. Twitter's another one, uh, twitter.com forward slash Mark Fidelman. That's a good one. Or just go to my website, smartblocks.agency, and you can find me there. Okay, perfect. I'll make sure I'll put all the links as well as your YouTube channel because you've got some fantastic oh, yeah, yeah, information yeah, yeah. on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So thanks very much. So, My pleasure. So that's all for the Crypto Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on the CryptoPodcast.org. As mentioned, we're on BitChute and YouTube. You'll find my further podcasts along my coaching bio.link forward slash podcast. Be sure to give us a thumbs up, five star rate, and share with your friends. And make sure that you give Mark a thumbs up and subscribe on his YouTube channel as well. Until next week, take care.